In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. It's not a no-no, but it's not a problem. The Braves lead the World Series again. The no-hitter is cool and all, but what it comes down to is we want to win the game. The weather is miserable, but that was a perfect World Series game in Atlanta. Great pitching, great atmosphere, a great tribute, and something to debate. It's worth the wait, at least for now. The AJC Braves Report is presented by Kroger. I'm Jay Black with AJC Braves beat writer Gabe Burns. Yeah, there is no history, but the Braves have the 2-1 lead they wanted after a 2-0 shutout of the Astros. Now, unfortunately, I am in Jacksonville getting ready for the Georgia-Florida game, and I had to be up early this morning. Gabe had to stay up late, of course, to finish all his work, so we could not record this together. But I had a lot of questions I knew I wanted to ask Gabe, so here's what he had to say. And first, it's been an entire generation without a World Series game in Atlanta and a World Series win. Uh, So what was it like at Truist Park last night? Well, Jay, the atmosphere was awesome, and that's despite there being it obviously being really cold and rainy. The, basically, the whole night, uh, the battery was packed, the stadium was packed. It was really loud. The fans were into it. They were chanting uh, "cheaters" and booing the Astros in the first inning. It was just a just a ton of energy, just a, a really uh, fun environment to be in, and. Um, you know, good for them. I mean, I wish the weather had been better because these fans have been waiting a long time. I mean, they deserve a pretty good weather day for their World Series, but it didn't stop them from from turning out and enjoying it. So that was pretty cool to see. Brian Snicker certainly loved what he saw. It was awesome. It was everything I thought it'd be. The fans were unbelievable. I'm sure outside in the battery, everything was just crazy. Um, no, it was it was really cool. Really cool, you know. Um, I thought... You know, before I, I was thought we did a, you know, I got to hug Billy, you know, and <sighs> tell her how much I missed Hank. Yeah, and that choked up a lot of people, but what a way to start the night. Yeah, the tribute to Hank was, uh, it was just a really beautiful thing. Um, I'm really glad they did that. Uh, having Billy there and Snit getting as emotional as he was about it. Um, I mean, that was just, that was just appropriate. I'm just, I'm glad that the organization has done everything it can to honor Hank the whole year. Uh, We all know how important he was to, to MLB, just to society um, and to the city of Atlanta. So that was good to see. We have all the sound from the podium that we'll dig into in just a second. But first, the AJC Braves Report podcast is brought to you by Kroger. Kroger is a proud sponsor of the Atlanta Braves and is bringing you scary good savings on everything you need to plan your perfect Halloween. Of course, Kroger has you covered for candy for those trick-or-treaters, but Kroger also has savings on Halloween decor and more, providing all treats and no tricks. Visit Kroger.com slash Halloween today or visit your local Kroger store to start shopping. All right, now to the game itself. And it's almost fitting that the Braves' first World Series win in Atlanta since Game 6, 1995, is just like that one, a shutout. Yeah, a shutout is pretty fitting. It's the uh, first uh, home World Series win since uh, since the clincher in 95, which is really crazy to think about, but... 
I mean, when you go through it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, they ended up, they didn't win a home game in 96 and they were swept in 99. So that would have been the last one. So when you think of it that way, it's pretty crazy, but, and for Ian Anderson to match, you know, those five no hit innings, I mean, the, the whole thing, um, you know, it was, I, I, you know, for the people who spent the money to go, I, I certainly hope it was worth the investment and worth the wait. And I think it was. Anderson goes five innings, and if you haven't heard by now, no hits and only really three hard-hit balls, but a couple of walks and a hit batter. And and I want to hold off on the decision to pull him for just a second because first I want to recognize that Anderson absolutely delivered when he had to. Here's what his teammates are saying. First, Tyler Matzik. Be a young kid like that going out there and doing what he's doing. Um, I mean, he's turned into an absolute animal beast in the playoffs. And, um, you know, I don't think we get to this spot without him. And uh, he's been just unbelievable he's been awesome the kid is like i said is so mature you know but it's <clears throat> you know he got a lot of three ball counts but he, he the, the biggest credit to ian is he never stops trying to make pitches making pitches he never gives in he stays with his stuff he stays with the game plan um if it doesn't work he goes to the next hitter and and starts anew that's Snitker. The Braves lose this game with two bullpen games coming up, and it's very likely this series is over. But, Gabe, now they're back in the driver's seat. Yeah, I mean, Ian's Ian's been so good to start his postseason career. I mean, he's 23 years old. He's already made eight starts. He's held the opponent scoreless in five of those. He hasn't allowed more than two runs in any of those starts. So, I mean, even when he's off – um, or he doesn't have his A-grade stuff, he's always kind of found a way to limit the damage and prevent things from getting out of hand. And sometimes that's only had him going three innings, but he kept the Braves within striking distance when he'd do that. So all the credit in the world to him. Obviously a really mature kid for his age. I mean, he's been – his first career start, he went against Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Um, they have not babied him by any stretch. I mean, it's been since day one, he's been in pressure situations. He's been in the spotlight. Um, it's really, when you think about it, it's really remarkable for his development. I mean, the fact that he's 23 and doing this, you know, can you imagine when he's 27, 28 in the prime of his career, um, how all this experience is going to benefit him? This still might be putting the cart before the horse, but Anderson's had eight postseason starts by now. That's tied for fifth most in franchise history, which kind of seemed absurd, but he's got an ERA under two now and only two starts where he's given up more than a couple of runs. I don't think it's crazy to say that he might be on a John Smoltz trajectory here, a postseason stud. How can you explain why this rookie's been so clutch for two seasons now? Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. Um, I am a believer that, you know, the clutch gene or whatever you want to call it, some people just kind of have it. Uh, and Ian just, you know, with his demeanor, uh, he's just so calm and he's so level-headed. I think that certainly helps. He doesn't – he's not going to get stressed or, you know, get too nervous or antsy in this type of environment. So I I think it does – a lot of it can come down to the type of human you are. And, and you know, it's not necessarily – some people can get a little too amped. And I think in Ian's case, he's just he's so level-headed, it, it really just helps him stay in the moment. And Gabe, you asked Ian after the game why he's able to keep his head so well on the stage. I, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I guess you could say my parents. I don't know. I guess uh, you know they kind of raised me and my three brothers that way. Uh, I, I feel like we're all kind of old souls and you know, just kind of take things in stride and um, you know, just, just kind of go with the flow pretty easy going. And I, I think that helps uh, 
kind of slow everything down. All right, now to that decision, and Ian walks off the mound in the fifth inning. Snitker comes with the hook, and, and I want to play his entire answer here about his decision. The no-hitter thing, he wasn't going to pitch a nine-inning no-hitter. He wasn't going to have pitches to do that. You know, and I told Ian, I said, Ian, I'll be honest with you, you're, you know, he was – one of the things was he thrown a lot of pitches at the top half of that lineup, getting ready to go back out when he did. I thought the fourth inning – he had he really had to work to get through that. He had a really good fifth inning, um, and then I told him because he was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" You know. Um, but I was just like Ian. I'm just I'm going with my gut right here, and just my eyes, my gut. Um, it had been real easy to let him go out. I just I don't know. Some just uh, our guys were rested that we like, um, and. I just thought that at some point those guys that saw, I think, Altuve, I, 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 um, their first three hitters saw multiple, had 12, nine, I think 12 pitches that they saw off him. And I was like, he's getting out of trouble and he's making pitches. And, you know, you look up there and even he was making pitches when he had to. And that's what I said earlier today. The kid never stops pitching. He never stops trying to make pitches. And, and um I don't know. I mean, it, it could have backfired, I guess. But um, <clears throat> I, I just thought at that point in time, in this game of this magnitude and all, that he had done his job. And and we had a bullpen that it, all the guys we used had two days off. And they were only going to pitch an inning apiece. And that made it them available for the next two games after if it went south. That is not irrational, Gabe, what were you and Mark Bradley and Michael Cunningham discussing in the press box when Anderson did not come back? Well, when it first happened, we were disagreeing with it. I mean, we definitely didn't understand it. Um, and it's and look, it's a move that easily could have backfired. Snit acknowledged that. We, we've all acknowledged that. Again, if Mentor just hangs a pitch and the game is tied, then, you know, people are calling Snit an idiot. And today he isn't. Today he managed the game brilliantly. Uh, his bullpen came through again, and they shut out a lineup that's, I mean, maybe the best in the majors even without the DH. Um, so, again, I'm not I'm not going to have a problem, especially in today's time with the especially with the way and with the way his bullpen has been working. I'm not, I mean, it's it's it is hard to criticize when you kind of step back and look at the bigger picture. It's just the logic there was: don't you want Ian to give you another inning because you have these two bullpen games coming up? So from that perspective, yeah. But uh, look, Snip said that he went off his went off with just a gut feeling, and you know he's got this team two wins from winning a World Series. He's just managed four uh, consecutive division winners. He was almost in the World Series last year too. Uh, you know, I mean, I think he knows what he's doing. So we should probably just uh, believe what he's saying, and he made he made that decision, and he was right. I still really hate this move. I, I know it's. Snitker made his points. They're all very, very good. They all make total sense. I get it. The Braves won. And it's not about the no-hitter to me because he was obviously wasn't going to have one. But it's just, man, see how far he can take it. I know everybody wants to jump in before something happens, and, and it worked. It worked, and it's not a bad decision. But I still believe that the team that uses the fewest pitchers will win the World Series. And I know you can't manage for bullpen games coming up, but I would want to see him just give up one more hit. 
and see what happens. If you can ink out one more inning, great. Maybe, maybe inning a couple of more outs in the seventh inning. Trust your offense to find one more run, even if Anderson or one of the relievers gives up one. It's not the worst move at all. Brian admitted he probably wouldn't have done this a couple of years ago. He's changed his thinking a little bit, but if Ian Anderson is fine with it, I guess we all should be too. Yeah, no, obviously you want the, you want the chance to compete, and, and especially on the biggest stage like this is. But, um, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to budge. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to. You know, you got guys like Matzik and Minter and Luke and, and Will at the back end coming in. It's, uh, you know, you can't blame him for going to those guys. Those guys, you know, time in and time out, get it done. Some of the nuggets from the night, Gabe, which you wrote about on AJC.com slash sports. Anderson is the first rookie to log five no-hit innings in the World Series since 1912. It's tied for the longest no-hit no hit bid by a Braves pitcher in the World Series, equaling Tom Glavin in 95. Only Bill James has carried a deeper no-hitter going five and a third innings for the Boston Braves in 1914. And all that comes from MLB statistician Sarah Langs. But, but wow, is this bullpen so, so good right now. And it's easy to understand all the decisions Snitker made because of this. And again, it's Tyler Madzik who comes up with another dominant inning, even though he's the one who gave up the no-hitter. Well, Luke Jackson didn't know. Minter didn't know. And then when I, after I got done with my inning, they went up and said, hey, do you know you gave up the first hit? And I said, yeah, I did know. Like, I paid attention. I'm like, oh, I just, we just wanted to come in and get outs. You probably saw this on the Fox broadcast, but his numbers with runners on base this postseason are unreal. 25 hitters have come to the plate against Matzik with runners on. Two have walked. 14 have struck out. Only one has a hit. And A.J. Minner's ERA is also below one now, so you can certainly understand why they got the rock. You know, Snit trusted the bullpen to come in and do do our job. Uh, I think Ian probably would say the same thing. I mean, I'm sure he would have loved to have gone out there and, and tried for a no-hitter, but uh, I think he'd take the win any day of the week over a no-hitter because he's not a selfish guy. He wants to go out there. He wants to win. He wants to win this World Series. And um, it give us if it gives us the best chance to do that, that's what you know, the team's going to do. Now, before we move on to the bats and what we expect from Game 4, the AJC Braves report is also brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. The Atlanta Braves are playing to win the World Series, and Academy Sports and Outdoors has everything you need to rep the Braves on the big stage. So swing by your local Academy store today or shop online at academy.com to gear up for all the excitement. Academy Sports is the official sporting goods retailer of the Atlanta Braves with jerseys, T-shirts, hats, and more, all at prices that you'll love this year. All 14 Atlanta area stores will open immediately after a series clinched by the Braves, which could be two days away now. Offensively, the Braves do just enough. Austin Riley with a double down the line in the third brings in the winning run by Eddie Rosario and Travis Darnot's second homer in as many games as the insurance, a bomb that comes with Jock Peterson's bat. I'm going to keep using it. Okay. That's for sure. Um, I picked it up. I said, Jock, this feels pretty good. And he said, it's yours, big guy. I said, all right, I'm going to use it. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm going to keep using it. Gabe, is Travis 100% healthy now? Yeah, I think Travis Darno is healthy. I think that this it's really been an encouraging couple games for him. Um, we see how, we'll see how it keeps playing out, but, you know, to have homers like, like that, um, that was a big insurance run there. I mean, we all know Will Smith once again, uh, by the way, credit to him uh, for once again uh, doing the job, but – in a game, in a game one to nothing against that lineup, I mean one mistake pitch and and it's a new game. So that was a really big insurance insurance run that he provided there. On the negative side, Ozzy Albies has got zero homers in the postseason and two RBIs. Is this cause for concern here? Yeah, Ozzy hasn't looked great. Um, again, like 
you're not going to have everyone necessarily clicking on all cylinders. I don't really know what the answer is besides, you know, just, you know, crossing your fingers that he's going to get hot again. I mean, he, you know, he had that, he had an ugly strikeout. Uh, I want to say it was his first at bat uh, last night. And again, we'll see. He's the type of guy too, that he could get going. He could make a big play with, with one hit. So we'll just see. All right, now to game four, and we may see a million pitchers in this one. So how are the Braves going to start it? How are they going to play it? Yeah, you're going to see a lot of pitchers in this one. So the Braves haven't announced a starter yet or an opener yet, um, I should say. My guess right now, um, either Jesse Chavez or A.J. Minter opens the game. Uh, That's my first guess, and maybe the other one who doesn't will open game five. So that'll be uh, that'll be pretty fascinating to see. We know what AJ gave them last year in the NLCS, and you know, or you you know, if you could get some, I mean, obviously, if you could get anything close to that, you'd be thrilled. Jesse Chavez, they've already used him in the role, so, and you know, Drew Smiley is going to play a role here. You have Tucker Davidson, you have Kyle Wright, you have Dylan Lee, you have different guys. You're going to see some guys, and we're. We're we're gonna have we're gonna have some stories with you guys one, these guys one way or another. We're gonna see what Kyle Wright's made of, Tucker Davidson. Um, it's gonna be really fascinating to see. Obviously, you don't want to have so many kind of unknowns or little knowns uh, in the World Series, but this is the hand that the Braves have been dealt, and quite frankly, they've been dealt uh, unpredictable hands the whole year, and they've made it work. So uh, they only have to do it a couple more times, and and they'll you know obviously they'll have a championship. I guess the Gabe, the next question is what I want to know is how are they going to balance the act between going all in, taking a commanding 3-1 lead, while also knowing if that doesn't work, they've also got another bullpen game in game five. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously aware that you're, I mean, you're going to have two days in a row that you're going to have to do this. So, you know, Matt Zick, uh, Luke Jackson, the you know the the heavy hitters. I mean, you're going to need those guys. But this is it. I mean, I understand people, we're talking about balancing. You can't, you know, push them. But I mean, this is it. There's a maximum of four games left in this thing. Um, so you've just you just got to figure out a way to get through it. And um, they're going to rely on all their all their guys in these next couple of days. Now, what about the Astros? It'll be Zach Greinke, right? Yeah, the Astros are going to start Zach Greinke, who you know, hasn't um, completed two innings in an outing this postseason. Um, We'll see. I mean, he's a seasoned guy, obviously. He's been around forever. He's made a lot of money. He's pitched in a lot of big games. So we'll kind of see what goes there. I mean, uh, uh, my first thought is that the Braves lineup should be able to certainly have some opportunities against him. We'll see, again, like how long he even pitches. But uh, the initial thought there is that the offense should f- have some success tomorrow, and that's going to be big with this bullpen game and with the way that these Braves pitchers have been throwing. Um, you know, obviously their hope is that they can they can get more than a few runs and, and they'll be good. All right, game four Saturday night. Hopefully the weather is just a little bit better for everybody who spent a mortgage payment to go. And as we wrap it up here, I, I guess you could say, Gabe, the World Series plan has more or less been executed pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you look at how the series is playing out. They're up 2-1. You figure, you know, you hope you're going to split in uh, in Houston. You would hope that you're going to win your first home game. You were needing Ian Anderson to give you something. He, he gave you plenty. So I don't want to say it's all going according to plan because your game one starter broke his leg and your game two starter got lit up. So 
you know, from that perspective, there's been some things. But when you look at the end result, you're up 2-1. Um, I mean, obviously, if you had told the Braves coming in you're going to win two of the first three games, they would be thrilled. And and it gives them the opportunity, again, they can finish this thing in two two games at home in front of their fans and, you know, save themselves a flight, save themselves some time, and they can begin the celebration. But they're just thinking about it one day at a time. And and uh, we'll see how it goes for them. But I do, you know, I, I look at I look at game four and I, I like the matchup there. I Again, they have a lot of guys who have been throwing really well. Um, you don't really know what to expect out of Grinky. I think, uh, you know, it's not inconceivable that this thing is 3-1, certainly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a really good position right now, okay? Maybe, you know, maybe we'll see how these next couple couple days go, but they should be pretty happy with where they are. All right, so we're back again after Game 4 of the World Series and the AJC Braves Report podcast is just part of our wall-to-wall coverage during the postseason, which includes the AJC e-paper. We give you more than just the score with insights and analysis on the Atlanta Braves and our expanded after-the-game pages in your e-paper, which you can only get if you subscribe. So we also want to remind you that we do need you to subscribe to this podcast and spread the word. Share us, like us, review us, rate us, and tell your friends the audience is growing, and we really do appreciate you guys jumping on here with us and we hope to continue to bring this to you for free so spread the word if you're enjoying the ajc braves report podcast please tell your friends gabe thanks so much and we will talk to you again after game four take care everybody when you're looking for leading cardiac treatment look to Northside hospital heart institute we lead with five emergency cardiac care centers so we're here when you need us most we lead with more than 55 locations in georgia That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.